This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, here we go again. Another report into ride hailing that is going to the provincial government today. We're not completely sure what we're going to hear in there, uh, but we will find out actually during the show today. One thing is certain, we all know we are long overdue for that some form of ride hailing or ride sharing in this province. Are we getting closer to this? You've probably been hearing about this local company called Cater. Apparently they're going to do a test launch on Saturday, some kind of soft launch. But the ones that people are most familiar with, companies like Lyft and Uber, well, those ones still seem pretty far away from arriving here in this province. So we're going to talk more about this right now with the help of our guest, Ian Tossenson, who's the CEO of Ride Sharing Now for BC. Hi, Ian. Hey, how are you doing? I am good, thank you. Now, how are you doing? Are you at all optimistic with this report that's going to be tabled today? Simi, we got to just keep you positive here. I I detect you're losing some of your power (laughs) over this whole thing. It's a little... I know. As I was saying to my wife this morning, it's been like a year and a half of this all the time. Uh, I am optimistic, and I think about this uh, that we're at today when this uh, the uh, recommendation is going to go to the minister. I think it's a couple of things. It's really hard to to imagine how the government can reject this. There is so much uh, pent up demand. Uh, consumers, we hear it all the time. I think it, you know, poll was seventy percent of people in BC want this. So I don't know how the, the, the premier conduct that. Um, and I don't know uh, how they conduct sort of common sense um, um, regulations around, you know, a proper uh, driver's license, no boundaries and flexibility in the rates. These are things that are not going to hurt the taxi industry. And I really think that um, my biggest concern is, like your poll is saying, is timing here because... Applications are saying can start in the fall, assuming that Lyft and Uber in particular are uh, find these changes today attractive. But the Passenger Transportation Board has a history of going slow, and I think if there is hope, I'd like to see Christmas maybe into 2020. I think if we're into 2021, then we've been hoodwinked again. So wow. I, I am optimistic. Uh, I know that these companies have put a lot of thought into this. They spent a lot of money. They've spent hours um, just talking to the ministers and trying to develop approaches in British Columbia that you know match some of the criteria the government wants. And so I, I'm I'm optimistic. I just don't know how we could say no to it. I just think there would be a revolt. Um, Cater is a, is a taxi company. It's not going to solve the issues that we need to be solved. And if you look across what the needs of British Columbia are, there's a province catered yeah. about that solution that needs to go to ride sharing. So let me ask you thoughts. this, Ian, as well. Like just looking at what's happening in other parts of the country, in Quebec this week, they're going through uh, quite a bit in Montreal where the taxi industry is causing a lot of protests and a lot of traffic snarls because they're not happy with what the Quebec government does there. Is this just something that right across, I mean, every city it seems like in Canada has gone through this? What's been our holdup? Well, it is the taxi industry, and in fairness to them, they operate in the in these prescribed rules by the you know passenger transportation board, and so their hands are tied. Uh, you know, Cater's hands are tied. We need to sort of find a. Uh, I think what, what Richard was uh, was talking about on on the radio was maybe this move to a class five license from a class four. For your listeners, it simply means it's easier to get the uh, uh, a designation to drive. We call it a class five plus. 
where there's added responsibilities. But uh, it's those kinds of things, the tax industry, they haven't been able to operate because they can't go across boundaries. They are told what they have to charge. If you talk to, I'm pretty sure about this, but if you talk to a taxi driver, they welcome a ride-hailing. Do you think so? They have flexibility, they can do it. Yeah, the taxi drivers, the taxi owners, on the other hand, that own the cars, and there's a lot fewer of them, those are the ones that are concerned about the value of the taxi licenses, and and those are the ones that are concerned that they're going to be in a situation of unfair competition. So what I hope happens is that the, the government balances this for the benefit of the tax industry, and also for the of, well, of this is thing. this is the thing I couldn't understand either. Is that if you are a taxi driver, wouldn't this be better because it will level the playing field? Then you're not going to have to pay way more for insurance or jump through all these hoops anymore. Oh yeah, totally. In the states, you'll see it. I, I've never seen uh, in Washington D.C. The only one time I ever went there it was amazing. And this guy pulled up and he said. You know, I said taxi, and he goes, well, I can be a taxi, an Uber, or a Lyft. He had all three designations. Wow. And he was quite happy happy to do whatever the customer wanted. I think we'll see that here. I think we'll see a lot of crossover. Uh, taxi drivers that I talk to say they love, they love the flexibility because right now they're assigned shift. But uh, if they can just sort of sign on to the system and, and, uh, and provide the service, I, I think they'd be happier in general. That's so interesting, though. So then what do you decide? If the, if the driver tells you, I can be Uber, Lyft, or taxi, how, how do you decide which one to pick? Well, I think, so if you don't have the app, you probably do a taxi. And if you have a, a Lyft app, you probably do Lyft. And you have Uber, you, have, you do Uber. Um, so I think it just sort of depends on the, on the individual. In, in the cases of taxis, you probably see an older demographic taking taxis that don't have the app. So that would probably handle that quite well, and that's actually who who ends up continuing to take taxi cabs are the, you know the older generation that that aren't sort of wired in as much as we are mobile wise, and they'll take taxis. And the taxi industries they go along and they 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 do survive. They have to change and they should change and they should up their game like everybody has to in competition. But there's no no one ever has said you know let's devastate the taxi industry in in, in here. Uh, I think we just need to modernize the tax right. industry and let them compete aggressively with ride sharing. So do your your opinion then is there is room for everyone? <sighs> oh, I think so. I know so. Um, you know, just to still have a deficiency uh, of, you know, uh, a convenient transportation, especially in Metro Vancouver. And you know, if I walked out on the side and try to get a cab, it's a wait. I actually had my car towed. Two weeks ago, and I had to phone a cab. It took 45 minutes uh, in Gastown to get a cab, and, and that was kind of funny too. I didn't know if my car had been stolen or uh, what had <laughs> happened to it because there's no sign, right? right? It was like, hey, we took your car, phone this number. But anyways, um, it's always a problem just because of the of the finite number of cars in the in uh, in the system. Now, the transportation board, or pardon me, the competition board of Canada. I think you might have been away, uh, Simi. They came out and told the government of British Columbia is to make a competitive system where it's really friendly for the consumer. And that means in terms of availability, in terms of rates, and in terms of, um, you know, having uh, the ability to get enough cars out of the road, which is the whole issue around Class 5 driver's licenses. So they they were really saying, open this thing up and be friendly to the consumer and let the consumer drive this, not bureaucracy. Okay, so then, Ian, let's get a prediction from you. When do you think we are going to see ride-hailing in this province? 
I think we will, I'm going to go out on a limb here, have the ability to order a Lyft or an Uber by Christmas of uh, this year. What? Yep. You're saying Christmas, and so by the, if, end of 20, uh, by the end of 2019? Yep, absolutely. And if we don't, and if it comes out that it's slowed down, then we're just going to put more pressure on, and we're going to hit that target because, you know, for our industry, the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry, we really need this, and we need it for a whole bunch of reasons we've talked about in the past in terms of safety and our employees and all that kind of thing. So we got to move on this. There's no sense after 70 years of studying this to wait any longer. So I'm, that's that's my optimistic wow. for today. That, that yeah. is optimistic, Ian. We'll see how that goes. Listen, thanks for your time on this. And don't lose your spirit, Simi. <laughs> oh, Ian, it's so hard. It's so hard. But thank you for the uh, buck up on that one. <laughs> that is Ian Tostenson, the CEO of Ride Sharing Now for BC. We've had people calling our buzz line on this, 604-331-BUZZ. That is 331-2899. And there was one caller, and actually I should say this caller, he wasn't the only one, who figures we will get ride sharing when hell freezes over. Breaking news, hell just froze over. It's never going to come in. They are going to beat this thing until it's past being dead. Hell will freeze over, then it'll get warmer again, and then it's going to freeze over again. It's just not going to happen. John Horgan and his people don't want it. Neither do liberals, that matter, because the taxi industry is, is funding them too much. Too many rules and regulations. See, now, that's what I was thinking, too, is that I don't think any political party really truly wants to see this happen because they have it within the ability of our current system as it is set up to make this work without the provincial government. If the BC Liberals got together with the Green Party and said on this one case, it's not a confidence motion, right? So they could make this happen without bringing down the government. We are going to bring this in. The government at that point probably have no choice but to say, all right, we see where this is going. Everybody's going to work together. I guess we should get this done. But they haven't. They haven't done that. Instead, they're all sitting there firing shots at each other, saying it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. And in the meantime, we're all still sitting around waiting. And then we get the people who are still positive because they say, I've used this and it works and I like it, like this caller that we had. I don't think ride sharing will ever come to this province, to Vancouver. I was just in L.A. in December, used Uber and Lyft for the first time. Absolutely loved it. Um, I like the way they priced their system based on demand. It was easy to use. It was a delight. It's like calling for a personal driver. I've just retired, and I can tell you if it came to Vancouver, I would sell my car. I would sell my car. I would take Uber and Lyft everywhere. I am just so angry that we do not have it here. I, I agree with you. I'm actually quite embarrassed that we don't have it. It is a little bit embarrassing. I find that if I were working in the tourism industry, that would be the worst. And we were talking to Ian Tostenson about that earlier, that he's the he works in the hospitality industry. That would be terrible to work in that industry and have to explain to people day in and day out, oh, yeah, we don't actually have that here yet. And we don't know when we're ever going to get that. But we do expect to get a bit more of a roadmap from this report today. So let's check in now with Global News online legislative reporter Richard Zussman, who is with us. Hi, Richard. Sammy, I got the report here hot off the presses, and I'm what? just skimming, so I'm still trying to gain my breath here as I sprinted down the stairs. Would you like me to here. say a few things while you just have a moment to read through it? Let me just recap while you do that, okay? Yeah. yeah sure. Go ahead. Go so, ahead, 
skim through it. What do you see just looking at it there? Um, so I'm just flipping through the recommendations now. And the big part of all this is around driver's licenses. So let me read to you what the recommendations from this report are to the minister. The committee recommends to the Legislative Assembly that the provincial government require TNS drivers to hold a Class 5 driver's license. This is big time. So this is the thing, Simi, you and I have been talking about a lot. Yeah. The provincial government wants Class 4 licenses. The committee is now recommending a Class 5 license. Uh, we're going to see how the minister responds. Minister Claire Trevena is expected to respond uh, very soon here in Victoria. The question is they don't actually have to go with the recommendations of this report. For the listeners who haven't been paying close attention to this story, the difference between Class 4 and Class 5 is all around a different requirement for the driver in terms of going to ICBC and getting a different type of license. Uber and Lyft, who are the major ride-sharing companies in the world, have said it will be very, very hard to operate in British Columbia if the requirement was a Class 4 license. The reason why, a lot of drivers who may drive casually uh, don't want to go and get that additional license. Right. Um, my understanding as well from the report is that what the committee is recommending is that um, cars have to get mechanical checks, drivers have to have background checks. So uh, it's basically a class five plus. So you can't just get your license and then all of a sudden just start driving for ride sharing companies. There'll have to be precautions put in place to ensure safety. But that is the major part of this report wow. is the fact that the committee, which is made up of uh, members of the NDP, members of the Liberals and one Green, it seems like the minority in that committee or the majority in the committee, the Liberals and the Greens together, have banded together uh, to put forward that recommendation. So, um, you know, I'm still scanning through it. I've just looked at that recommendation, but that's obviously the big one that stands out. Um, and right. uh, as you talk, I will keep reading and we'll get okay. into the, uh, the, zone, the zone issue next because that's a big one too. Okay, so what we're hearing then, that's a big one. That's a very big issue. That was a good, going to be a big obstacle. It looks like that if the government accepts this, that obstacle has been removed. They're recommending just a Class 5 driver's license for drivers of ride-hailing, uh, not necessarily a Class 4. Also, we're hearing that there could be no cap being recommended here on any fleet size yep. and no pay pickup boundaries yep. for the operators. Those right. are all huge things that they are potentially doing away with here. Uh, no regional boundaries. That's been a, a thorn in the side of taxi yep. companies for a long, long time. Uh, and as many drivers on the road or cars on the road as they would like, I guess. Yeah. So the boundaries are huge, right? So as you know, if you're in Surrey and a vehicle, a taxi is licensed to Surrey, it can only pick up in Surrey and not in Vancouver. So if that driver makes a long drive to downtown Vancouver to drop somebody off uh, for dinner, uh, and at the same time somebody wants a lift back to Surrey, they legally aren't able to provide that. If uh, this committee goes forward, or sorry, if the minister goes forward with the committee's recommendations, that will change and there will be uh, the ability, and it really is the only way that ride-sharing companies could exist, uh, is there will not be any regional boundaries associated with it. And the other big factor too is Price. You know, one of the things that makes companies like Uber uh, controversial is the idea of surge pricing. You know, yes. They, on the basis, they charge less. But on nights like Christmas, New Year's Eve, or like Halloween or something up. like that, yeah, exactly. A Canucks game, like as soon as the Canucks game gets out, they can surge prices the up. prices because of higher demand. So there's a number of recommendations around price. Uh, one, ensure that the cost of a trip as an accessible vehicle does not exceed the cost of a trip in a non-accessible vehicle. Two, set a minimum per trip price that is not less than the cost of public transit. Number three, 
will require transportation network companies to disclose the cost of a proposed trip on the app prior to the customer engaging the service, and four, monitor data to determine if there's a need for the implementation of a base rate or a cap on surge or primetime pricing and to inform regulatory decisions in regard to service boundaries, vehicle caps, or lack thereof. Richard, that's so interesting because a lot of this that's being recommended in this report that took so long to get done (laughs) is stuff that these companies already do in other jurisdictions. And the crazy thing, too, is this committee already met prior to the legislation, and they recommended a lot of the similar things at the same time as well. So the minister doesn't actually have to implement these recommendations, but these recommendations are based on committee hearings. major stakeholders came to speak on both sides of the issue. Those who are opposed to ride-sharing, right. uh, including taxi companies, and those who are in favor, including ride-sharing companies. Both sides spoke. This committee has made these recommendations. I think it's time for the minister to listen to these recommendations, put them forward, figure out a way to make our ride-sharing network the safest in the world, but ensure yeah. that British Columbians actually have access to ride-sharing. You know what? We're not talking about Cater, which is a taxi app, which is uh, soon going to be available in Vancouver. We're talking true ride sharing, be it a Canadian company or some of the bigger companies we're familiar with. I think it's just time to get on with it. I know it's coming in the fall, but there were lots of concerns that it wouldn't be true ride sharing if there were these issues around the license. The minister should just approve these recommendations and we should get on with it. Yeah, what are the minister's options in here, Richard? Is it conceivable that they could say, yeah, we're going to think about this some more. We're just going to table this and think about it some more? Of course it is. And and I'm expecting to hear something similar to that from the minister. No. Uh, she said that she hasn't actually read the report yet. I'm not sure if I believe that, but she said she hasn't seen it yet. She's going to speak to us. And my guess is she says she's going to say she's still digesting them and we'll get back to us soon. I may be wrong. I may be wrong, Simi, <laughs> but my guess is that we'll probably have a little bit more of a delay until we ultimately find out the resolution on this license issue. You know, Richard, you're not alone in this because we've been running this for our hot question of the day. And it's quite clear that people have become incredibly cynical about when or if we are ever going to see ride hailing in this province, where the vast majority of people on our poll are saying that they don't think we're going to see it until 2021. So I don't, I think we'll see some sort of ride sharing. By the end of this year, I think we'll probably have a few vehicles. We'll have something by 2020, I think. Will it be what you've experienced in Seattle, San Francisco, Toronto, other places the listeners may have traveled to? I, I still wonder that. And I hope, I hope British Columbia, you know, we've, we've taken our time. We've done our process. We should have the safest system available anywhere. But I do believe that the consumers in BC expect what they've experienced in other jurisdictions. Okay, let's just quickly recap then what we've learned in this report, Richard, that you just very quickly managed to read and translate <laughs> for us. So where there's no uh, no cap on the fleet size. Right. No boundaries for operators. Right. And no requirement for a class four license. Would that, that sum it all up? That's the big one. Yep. And that's it. And again, the minister needs to make these decisions. Uh, but those are the recommendations put forward by the committee, which was made up of uh, NDP, uh, members who uh, Ravi Kalon had recused himself, so they had right. the same number of members as the Liberals, and then one Green MLA, uh, Adam Olson. Okay, we'll let you go get to it. We know we're going <laughs> to hear more about Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Bye. That's Richard. That's been doing an outstanding job, as always, giving us information on the run. That ride-sharing report just being released, and he was reading it and translating it for us as it was happening.